Hey there, it's me, Amy, and I'm excited to be here today to share some of my thoughts on the question, what are some healthy snacks for kids? I've been getting a lot of questions recently from parents who are a little bit stumped on how to upgrade the snack choices for their kids and maybe even themselves. So in today's episode, I'm going to be diving into things like, what's the best timing for snacks? Should I buy them or make them? How can I pick out snacks that I feel confident are healthy? And how to build the perfect snack? Let's dive in. Hi there, I'm Amy. I'm a mom, a natural food chef, and the host of the Feel Good Family Food Podcast. Just like you, I have more to do in a day than could possibly get done, and kids who say their favorite foods are things like... Gummy bread. Pretzel, of course. Mazuki. Ice cream, yummy. On this podcast, I'm using my 10 years of professional food experience plus real-world nutrition to help real parents more easily feed their families healthy food more often. Stick with me for tips, tricks, and actionable steps to start feeling good about feeding your family. Two more quick things before we actually get started with the show. Number one, I wanted to tell you that the show notes for this episode are at cookingwithafullplate.com slash healthy snacks for kids. So if you're interested in checking out anything that I mentioned, you can find them at cookingwithfullplate.com slash healthy snacks for kids. And then the second thing is I talk a lot in this episode about healthy snack options. My family is not perfect when it comes to healthy snacks, and I don't expect that yours will be either. So I really just wanted to lay that out ahead of time to let you know I am giving you healthy snack ideas in the event that you are interested in upgrading some of your snack options, but I don't expect my kids to be perfect about their snacks, and I don't expect that your kids will be perfect about them either. So take all of this with that perspective. Now we can get to the show. All right, without further ado, let's answer this question. What are some healthy snacks for kids? Now, if you've had a kid for any amount of time, but probably I'd say a kid older than three, you know that the struggle of feeding snacks to your kids is very real. In fact, I like just ran upstairs to record this episode from giving a snack to my five-year-old. So um, the struggle is real. And I must admit that I was like kind of picking through the pantry and trying to find out like, what do I even have to feed this kid right now? So if you have that feeling of like, oh my gosh, you're hungry again. And what do I even have to feed you that I'm going to feel good about feeding you? Then this is the episode for you. First and foremost, I want to talk a little bit about snack timing. So why are snacks so important? And when am I even supposed to give them to my kids? Now, there are a lot of different perspectives on this. And I am going to share with you today mine that I have been working on and refining and learning about for a number of years now. And my perspective comes from a style of feeding called the vision of responsibility and feeding. It was created by Ellen Satter. And I've shared it here on the podcast before, but I'm going to share it with you again today so that I can set the baseline for how I decide when snacks are going to happen. And that's a really important piece, how I decide when snacks are going to happen. So Ellen Satter tells us that in the division of responsibility and feeding, the parent decides the what, the when, and the where, and the kid decides how much and whether. So as a parent, you're in charge of the what, the when, and the where, and as a kid, you're in charge of the how much or the whether, meaning we cannot make our kids eat, but we are in charge of what is served to them, when it's served to them, and where and how it's served to them, right? What does that exactly look like? So ultimately, it is entirely up to you what works for you and your family when it comes to snacks. Here's what I found works for us. I have found that my kids thrive best on predictable snack times, meaning that we aren't 
having free access to snacks all throughout the day, but rather I have sort of set times in my head around when snacks are going to be available. Meaning if we eat breakfast around between seven and eight, normally, then I would offer a snack around 10 or 10.30. And this actually nicely mimics what my older son experiences at his school. So I like the consistency of that. Then we would have lunch between 12 and 1. And then I would offer another snack between about 3 and 4, depending on when dinner is going to happen, maybe slightly earlier if it's going to be an early dinner. We usually have dinner between 5.30 and 6.30. That's the goal. Earlier, the better with little kids. And then I also offer a bedtime snack right before they go to bed. And the option there is an apple or a banana. And we'll talk more about the what in a little bit here. But your snack distribution may look different depending on your schedule, your kids' preferences, your child's hunger, um, how much they're eating at all the different meals. But I think this distinction of who is in charge of deciding when the snacks happen is an important one because it's a very real struggle that snacks can interfere with good mealtime habits, that your kid will snack their way all the way right up until dinner and then not want any dinner because of course they're not hungry. And that can be a real challenge for us parents to decide when do they get food and when don't they get food. So by setting a schedule for myself that usually works, we are super flexible about it, but that usually works for us, it lays out clear expectations for what I need to be prepared to serve and what my kids need to eat around. Meaning they know that if they don't eat that afternoon snack in the time that is allotted for it, in the space that is is allotted for it, then the next meal is going to be at dinner time. And I get to be really clear about that. So just as a reminder, my theory is that Division of Responsibility by Ellen Satter. I will include some links to that in the show notes. I would encourage you before you go any farther in deciding what snacks to serve to get really clear on how you want to serve your snacks, when you want to serve your snacks, so that it's not becoming snacks instead of a meal, but the snacks are really supplemental to the nutrition and the experience of eating together at mealtimes. Sound good? All right, let's talk about the next piece. Should I buy snacks or should I make them myself? Now, the answer here totally depends. So of course, anything that you make yourself, you have more control over what goes into it. But truth be told, I rarely make our snacks and you don't have to either. There are perfectly healthy snack options available to you that you don't have to spend all of your time making yourself. I've been thinking a lot about this lately. And what I've been realizing is that we can invest in our health and frankly, almost anything else with either time or money. So if you have more time than money and you want to have healthy snacks available to your family, then you may want to make them yourself. If you have more money than time, if you're always struggling with time, then you may need to invest a little bit more to get healthy snacks that your family loves. That said, there are some really super budget options that are healthy snacks, and I'm going to talk about those in a little bit. But I want to leave that baseline of, I don't think that there's any one right answer. The ultimate right answer is, what are you going to actually do consistently? What is realistic for your life? What can you serve and make without driving yourself crazy? Because all of those things have heavy influence in actually having the healthy snacks on hand so that you're not reaching for a bag of goldfish or insert like easy available snack option here instead of relying on healthy snacks that you actually have on hand. 
homemade or store-bought. So I hope that makes sense that whether you buy or make your snacks is up to you. I'm going to talk a little bit in this episode about how to select store-bought snacks, but the same techniques that you can use for buying store-bought snacks that are healthy can also be applied to finding recipes for snacks that you feel confident in and good about serving to your family. So let's talk a little bit about what a healthy snack looks like. This goes into, if you're buying, it would be reading the label of your favorite snack option. And if you're making it, then you would be reading the ingredients on the recipe to find out whether this is a healthy snack option or not. So here's my consideration for almost anything that I'm going to buy. If I were going to make this myself, would I use these ingredients? And I'll say that again. If I were going to make this myself, would I use these ingredients? I have an entire post on how to read labels. I will link to that in the show notes so that if you're interested in really digging deep into label reading and identifying healthy products via their labels, you can do so. But the truth is that all you need to do is flip over that label, look at the ingredients list and ask yourself, if I were making this myself, are these ingredients that I would use? And I can give you a few examples of things that I love and why this is true. There's a product called Chomps. It's a snack that we love. And I'll put a picture of my youngest son eating these grass-fed beef sticks on an airplane. It's an awesome airplane snack. And the reason I love them is because while I am not in the business of making beef jerky or beef sticks, the ingredients are really straightforward, easy to read, easily understandable. And I can imagine that if I were going to make them myself, it's exactly what I would put into them. The same is true for when I look at a product like Mary's Gone Crackers, which are made from seeds and flattened brown rice and all kinds of things. I don't personally, at this point in my life, have time to make crackers. So if I'm going to choose crackers that I'm buying at the store, I want to choose ones that have an ingredient list that's really consistent with something that I would make. Now, how does this apply to something that you might choose to make yourself? One of the tricky things is that a lot of homemade snacks, things like natural granola bars and all those kinds of things are actually no healthier when you home make them than they are when you buy them at the store. And the reason for that is that you're still loading them up with tons of sugar. I find them to be one of the most complicated things to make because they're really hard to stick together. So what I want you to consider when you look at an ingredient list for something like say homemade granola bars, since we're on that train, (laughs) is to consider like how much sugar am I putting in here? And would I actually feed that to my kids just by itself if I weren't making these bars. So what that might look like is if you put a half a cup of sugar into a bar recipe that makes four bars, I'm just going to keep the math nice and easy here, that would be one eighth of a cup of sugar in each serving of the bar. One eighth of a cup of sugar is, let me use my culinary math, two tablespoons. I would most definitely not feed my kids two tablespoons of sugar in one sitting, right? So if the answer is no, then look for another recipe. Likewise, if you're at the store and you flip something over and you see ingredients that you couldn't find or wouldn't use at home, then the answer is no. That's not a snack that you will feel good about feeding your family. I know that this is pretty simplistic and there are, of course, many, many considerations like should I stay away from guar gums and carrageenan and all of these things. But honestly, Those are next level questions that most of us, myself included, aren't really at the point of asking ourselves. Like I am not so perfect at this point that I need to upgrade my questions and get even more stressed out about buying snacks. Does that resonate with you? 
So if we are assuming that we are at the level that we want to do better than where we are, we want to feed our kids generally healthy snacks, but we don't want to worry about all of the minutia, then I love this idea of if I were making this myself, are these ingredients that I would use? And if I am making it myself, do I feel confident about these ingredients that are included and the amounts that they're included in? So that is my guideline for determining, is this snack actually healthy? So if you want to go the store-bought route, I know that you are probably interested in like, well, can you just tell me what some of these healthy snacks are? And the good news is, yes, I am happy to tell you what these snacks actually are. And I'm also going to provide a swipeable healthy snack shopping list with some of my favorite options because I know you're driving or doing the dishes or in the car with your kids. And I don't want you to have to like be, try and write what you're driving. Please don't do that. And no one has time to pull over. So you can go to cookingwithfullplate.com slash healthy snacks for kids. And you'll be able to get that download that I'm talking about, the swipeable shopping list. But just in the name of sharing some of these ideas with you, if you're like about to go into the grocery store, here are some of the things that I love. I break my healthy snack ideas down into categories. So I have in my head broken down kind of like bars, fruits and vegetables, crunchy things, naturally sweet things. Those are probably, and and then there's like meat. So when it comes to bars, some of the ones that I love are Lara bars because they're naturally sweetened with dates. So I don't worry so much about the actual sugar content. I worry exclusively about where the sugar is coming from in most cases. Um, I also love the RX bars for adults or kids, which are naturally sweetened with dates, but actually a little bit less sweet than the Lara bars. So that's a night off nice option if you are looking at sugar content. And then of course there are meat bars, which kind of fall into two categories. And while I haven't had great success in sharing those with my kids, they're not super into the meat bar concept. Maybe yours are more adventurous than mine. So that can be a good option as well, especially if sugar is your primary consideration. The next category is fruits and vegetables. So of course, an apple, a banana, blueberries, raw broccoli, carrots, all of those things are super healthy snacks. But when I say store-bought snacks, I'm presuming that you want something that is shelf-stable and that you can take with you. Here are some of the things that I like in that category. I know that squeeze packs have gotten a lot of flack. I think the reason for that is because a lot of people were relying on them as primary nutrition for their kids. I actually have a friend who told me that she worked in a preschool slash elementary school and even like seven-year-olds were bringing squeeze packs as their fruit and vegetables with lunch. So let's agree that whole fruits and vegetables are always best. But if you're in a pinch and you need something on the go, I love keeping squeeze packs on hand. I'll even sometimes buy the ones with yogurt for a little bit of probiotic. One of the things that I look for is just that they're organic and I like to make sure that they're not adding any sugar to them. So squeeze packs are a good one. Freeze-dried or dried fruits are another great option. I know that people are sometimes concerned like, oh, well, you'd eat so many more dried apricots than you would fresh apricots. And while that is true and it can kick up our sugar content, they still do have a lot of nutrients and a lot of fiber. So I think they're a really awesome on-the-go option that you can pair up with other protein type things to make a complete and balanced snack, which we'll also talk about soon. (laughs) Um, 
other fruits. Uh, don't overlook those freeze-dried fruits at places like Trader Joe's. They are super awesome for like mixing into kind of a trail mix type mix or even throwing in with some cereal for an easy snack bag for your kids. And they are also packed with nutrients, which is so awesome because they are really easy to carry along. Likewise, there are freeze-dried vegetables that are a really good option if you can get your kids to eat them. I've had like mixed success with that. Interestingly, there are some cauliflower pretzels. I'll link to that in the post, uh, cookingwithfullplate.com slash healthy snacks for kids. And the cauliflower pretzels are really cool because the ingredient list is solid. It is gluten-free and they include cauliflower and other veggies as seasoning as well. And so I think that's a kind of fun way to play around with this. Um, that is a good segue into kind of the crunchy category. So I don't shy away from sharing things like crackers and pretzels and even potato chips with my kids in moderation and in balance with other things in the snack. So some great examples of things I look for when I'm buying those things is are they made of whole grains or alternatives to grains? So those cauliflower pretzels are a really good example. Also, uh, Farm to Fork, I believe is the brand, makes a whole grain gluten-free pretzel that my kids really like. So that's a nice thing to lean back on that I feel like has more nutrition than just like starchy white pretzels. Um, I love avocado oil or coconut oil potato chips as like a good fat option with also healthy carbs for the kids. My kids really love the plantain chips that they sell at Trader Joe's, but I've seen them all over. So plantain chips could be a really good option. And I mentioned earlier, I love Mary's Gone Crackers. I also really like the, um, I'm forgetting the name, but they're like almond flour crackers that you can find on the shelf. And I'll include a link to those in the show notes as well. So I did bars, fruits and vegetables, crunchy. The other thing would be sweet, naturally fruit sweetened things. So Lara bars would obviously fall into that category because they're sweetened with dates. There are these pure bars that you can get at Costco. They are pretty sugary because they're all sugar. They're a lot like fruit leathers, but like a thicker bar. But if they are fruit sweetened, I find that they can be a really good carb option and something that my kids can eat really easily on the go or in daycare at the gym or uh, wherever they might be enjoying a snack. And it can double as their sweet treat in something like their lunch. So I love fruit leathers and these dried fruit bars for something like that. Also, Lara Bar makes little like bites and those are really cool, especially if you use the Benko Kids Lunch Boxes that you can throw those in there. And also I have some just like that, that I buy at Costco that are actually nut-free, which can also be a really good option. So those will all be on the shopping list that you can download in the show notes. The final one is those meat options. So I love chomps. I'm kind of obsessed with turkey and beef chomps because my kids will eat them. This is where it comes down to like, they are a little bit pricey and my kids will each eat a whole stick in one sitting. They're about, I think $1.69 to $1.79 at Trader Joe's each. And so you just want to keep in mind that this might be a sometime snack for you, depending on what your snack budget is. But I like to kind of like cut them, meaning um, I serve them with something else so that they aren't hungry for more than one at a time. And the way that I think about it is like, okay, that's a little bit pricey, but it's made with grass-fed, high-quality, free-range meats. And if I were to buy something fresh at a store that I felt really good about, then it would probably cost me about that, if not more anyways, like if we stopped somewhere to pick something up. So that's how I feel good about things like chomps. And I don't feed them every day. I try to kind of 
give variety in snacks, but um, all of those are things that I would consider when you're looking at store-bought snacks. Of course, there are tons of fresh options. I already alluded to some of them with those fresh fruits and vegetables. Other things that I love to add to snack plates for kids are like healthy dips like hummus or maybe a yogurt dip, yogurt ranch dip that you could make yourself or you could buy. I'll share a link to my favorite yogurt ranch dressing. Um, What other things do we do? We've done cream cheese sometimes. I love cubes of cheese on a snack plate, red, chopped up red bell peppers, cherry tomatoes, sliced apples. As I was coming up here and I was frantically looking for a snack for my son, we settled on apple slices and peanut butter, which I love as like a balanced snack. And then he actually had a yogurt squeeze pack on the side. So you can see how like I'm building snacks with all of these different options. Rarely, for my kids at least, is one thing make up a snack. And that's super annoying because of course it'd be so much easier if they could just like eat a bar and be done. But my kids like a little bit of a mix of things. And this is actually a good thing when I get past my annoyance that I have to come up with multiple ideas for every snack, because I think it's a lot easier to build a healthy balanced snack if you aren't just relying on one thing to provide the bulk of the nutrition. So when I'm building a healthy snack, I build it just the way that I build a healthy meal, which is that I'm looking for the three different macronutrients. I'm looking for carbs and protein and fat all combined together. And I'm looking for something that my kids will ideally eat and is easy to either take on the go or chop up and like make available to them because we don't often sit and have a formal snack. It's more like we're playing a game and we might have a snack while we do that. So some of my favorite balanced snacks look like apples and peanut butter, Um, cheese and bell peppers and crackers, carrots and hummus, crackers and cheese and berries. Mm. We might do a smoothie for an easy snack. If I'm doing one of those chomps, I might supplement it with something like an apple or an orange just for some extra micronutrients. And then of course, like balancing out the protein and fat that they're getting from the meat stick with something with a little bit of healthy carbs and something that's going to give them some energy. So those are some ideas for balanced, healthy snacks. There are, of course, millions of combinations that you could come up with. Plantain chips with guacamole would be a really good one. Maybe you could convince them to eat some beans on the side. My kids wouldn't, but you know, if we're being ambitious here, that would be another option. So it doesn't have to be complicated and it certainly doesn't have to be gourmet, but I do encourage you to think like if you are putting all this effort into buying healthy snacks, deciding the right times, to feed them, to also think about like, what would a balanced snack look like? The side benefit of serving balanced snacks is that mealtimes become a lot less stressful. And let me tell you what I mean by that. When you serve balanced snacks, mealtimes become a lot less stressful because you've already laid a baseline of nutrition for your kids. Meaning there are totally times where we get to the dinner table and my kids eat like one bite of something. Sometimes they don't eat any bites of something. But remember in that division of responsibility of feeding that you are not in charge of how much your kids eat or even whether they eat at all. You are in charge of offering options that you feel good about in a time and place that works for you and your family. So if I've laid a healthy baseline of nutrition with these snacks, especially that after-school snack, the 3.30 to 4.31, then I'm not as worried about dinner time. Like cool if they eat, also cool if they just spend time with their parents and we have a discussion and we spend time as a family. And it makes everything a lot less stressful because you are giving multiple opportunities for healthy, balanced eating all throughout the day, rather than just at these like 
pre-appointed times that we sometimes think about. Just for a minute, I want to touch on bedtime snack and explain my theory around bedtime snack. You do with this what you will. My theory is that I don't want to make bedtime snack too good that my kids decide not to eat dinner because of it. And usually bedtime snack is about like an hour, an hour and a half after dinner. So they're likely not hungry, but I fully recognize that sometimes conversation or fighting with your brother or whatever it is might be more exciting than eating dinner. So what we've settled on is offering an apple or banana as bedtime snack for our kids. That means those are the only two options. They do get to choose between them. So I'm not exclusively choosing, but I'm choosing what's available. They can even choose both if they're super hungry. But I find apples and bananas nice because it is that mix of like not too tempting, not so good that they're going to skip dinner for it, but good enough that it's going to fill them up so that they can comfortably sleep through the night. If you have a kid that you know is really going to skip dinner because of this bedtime snack, then bedtime snacks might not be right for you. Or maybe you are putting your kids down like a half an hour after dinner. Timing is so important here and bedtime snacks are definitely not right for everyone. I just want to remind you that if you do decide to give a bedtime snack, it should be up to you, not up to your kids. And I think that that's a really important distinction that I had to work on for a long time to understand why and how a bedtime snack fit into our plan and to get really clear on what I was going to make available at that time. The final thing I want to touch on today is talking to your kids about healthy snacks. So this is actually a really easy one because I don't talk to my kids about healthy snacks at all. Because I am in charge of deciding what's available to them at any time, I put it in front of them and then I let them decide whether they want to eat it or not. I never make them eat it. If they say, well, I don't like this edamame, then I'll say, okay, cool. You don't have to eat it. And if they don't eat it, I just you know, cover it up and put it back in, fr- in the fridge most of the time and it'll make an appearance at another meal. So it's a win-win for us. I think as parents, we sometimes get caught up in this, like, I need to explain to my kids why we're not going to be having Doritos anymore. And instead we're going to be eating these other things. And I have actually found that for most kids, of course, these are like younger kids, not teenagers. For most kids, the easiest thing to do is to just start making different things available. With that, I hope I have provided you with plenty of information and inspiration on what you could do to start serving healthier snacks to your kids. If you have any questions, you can find me on Facebook at Healthy Food for Busy Families or on Instagram under Cooking with a Full Plate. My action for you, because I always have one, is to head over to cookingwithafullplate.com slash healthy snacks for kids, download the healthy snack shopping list, and let me know what one new snack you guys are going to try in your house. Bonus points if you try a snack and you take a picture of your kid trying it and let me know what they thought. I can't wait to hear about your adventures in feeding healthier snacks to your kids. I am so honored that you spent this time with me here today, and I look forward to talking to you again next Tuesday. In the meantime, I have a big favor to ask you. If you could just take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes. Reviews are a huge way that us podcasters can get our message out to folks. And so you taking the time to leave a review on iTunes is going to help other parents like you find this podcast so that I can help make it easier for them to feed their family healthier food more often. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for all of your support. I look forward to talking to you next week.